Today, this podcast is being recorded on Awabakal and Waramai land. We pay our respects to Elders past, present, and extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. the realm of blood sluts and blood magic, where we work together to heal period shame, heal our pussies and wombs, and find the way to more pleasurable periods and sex lives. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a dietitian, nutritionist, sexologist, period empowerment guide, sexual healing guide and menstrual blood witch. Go for a nice walk or set up a nice space and enjoy this podcast episode. Hey babes, welcome to today's episode of Blood Slut and if you're watching me on YouTube... Hey, what's up? Do you like my setup? It's so cute. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, um, I literally have a crate with two yoga blocks and then my microphone on a tripod. Now that is innovation. I just felt like sitting in my backyard today. Such a beautiful day. It is a little bit windy, so if you hear some background noise, it's probably the wind and the birds. Uh, The birds are quite nice actually, but I'm going to try not to look around too much so that the the sound stays consistent because I have a habit of forgetting that like I'm talking into a microphone and then I'm like oh shit like I'm moving my head everywhere all right so today on blood slut I want to talk about what the fuck a blood slut actually is so in the last episode we defined sex so if you haven't listened to that episode maybe pause this one and go back and listen to that because it's really beneficial to listen to this podcast in order you don't have to but I do recommend that you listen to these first few episodes first so that you have sort of the foundational knowledge that will be brought into the later episodes of this podcast because I'm going to kind of gradually build build on your knowledge and build on each episode if that makes sense so First of all, let's define what a slut is. Now, a lot of us have a lot of trauma, especially AFABs. So if you don't know what an AFAB is, a firm female at birth, i.e. moi. Uh, So non-binary people who were born female, so their assigned sex at birth was female. And generally assigned gender was girl slash woman. So anyone who has been raised conditioned and socialized as a girl or a woman in this world on earth tends to undergo some kind of slut shaming whether that's direct slut shaming from peers or you know guys on college or out in the club being you know super sexualized and and you know named as promiscuous and slutty and like oh my god she sleeps around with everyone you know there's that type of like direct slut shaming and then we also have more indirect slut shaming which is really 
kind of covert shit that we might not really think is slut shaming and that's more like systemic like patriarchal kind of shit right it's kind of stuff that's really deeply embedded in society so for example stuff that we this isn't like obviously like directly slut shaming you but kind of is and you're like subconscious is listening to that so it's kind of like you know when you're watching like one of those shitty american movies or something and people are like you know there's like dodgy relationships and crap where like the woman is made out to be the bad person because she sleeps with someone or you know that whole the whole rhetoric like where you have the man and the woman and the man's having like the husband and wife and the man is having an affair behind her back and then the wife finds out and then she immediately blames the woman um who like the mistress who her husband is having an affair with like that shit is so bullshit like when it's like you know generally I feel like some mistresses might know and yes they're doing the wrong thing right but also some mistresses might not actually know they're a mistress they might not actually know uh that this person their boyfriend or partner has a wife And yet the wife immediately will blame the ex, sorry, the mistress. And it's like, why aren't you mad at your husband? Like, you know, they're like, oh, what a fucking slut. You know, this fucking slut sleeping with my husband. It's like, you don't know her story. You don't know what's going on. Maybe she needs money from him. Maybe she's financially unstable and unstable, financially insecure. Um, maybe she's got kids that she has to raise. Like, we don't know. We should never judge anyone based on stuff like that. I don't think that's a very nuanced conversation though, of course. I will acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the indirect slut shaming, the stuff that we're, 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 we're seeing through, uh, social media, through TV and television, you know, television and films and, TV shows and even listening to in music as well, like a lot of rap, you know, we hear like a lot of slut shaming of women, like, and kind of objectifying women as well. So yeah, I kind of wanted to address that first so that, you know, we're understanding that, that slut shaming is, is a huge broad thing. It's not just the direct slut shaming that you get, um, from some asshole who you live with in your dorm. (sighs) So yeah, it might be a great idea to, you know, grab some pen and paper, a journal and write out some of these, these things that have happened. You know, if you haven't been slut shamed directly, that's amazing. Congratulations for for getting till now without being slut shamed. Like, yeah, you want to, you want to jot down any kind of thing, like any situation like that, that has happened to you that might have affected the way that you see the word and I guess feel into the word slut I actually have slut tattooed on my like hip like upper thigh kind of area and I will probably show my YouTube channel that at some point but that was really like reclaiming that word and we're hearing a lot of reclaiming language lately and in the last few years and you know there's a lot of talk online about the sacred slut if you're in the spiritual community you might know what a sacred slut is um, which I'll go into in a little bit but 
yeah, we really want to start changing this narrative within ourselves that the word slut is a bad word because it's not. (sighs) So I guess I'll tell you a little bit about what the word slut means to me and we all have our own definitions and feelings towards this word and I'm not saying that you have to like it you don't um you might you know have to like unpack a lot of shit to like the word slut and you might not have capacity or space for that right now and that is okay I'm not saying that you have to like this word and that you have to reclaim it and use it that's totally up to you although I do encourage it what I think of when I think of the word slut is I think of a really embodied, grounded, responsive, opposed to reactive human being who isn't necessarily promiscuous. Let's remember that being promiscuous isn't always a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. I don't know what's up with my microphone. Bro, chill out. So... Sluts can be promiscuous, sluts can be not promiscuous. You can be a slut and only have sex one time a year. You can be asexual and be a slut if you want. Like, this word has no limits. Like, language has no limits. We can't, you can't just say, that's what a slut is. Slut's bad. Let's see what comes up when I Google it. All right, here we go. First thing that comes up, slut. A woman who has many casual sexual partners why is that a bad thing it's not a bad thing to have many casual sexual partners that's a fucking good thing if you're not hurting anyone there's good communication they all know about each other you know you're you've got open communication channels going I don't see a fucking issue with that and if you see an issue with that I strongly encourage you to sit with that, do some journaling, do some introspection, babe, and have a think about that because there is nothing negative about this word, okay? Now, this definition is pretty plain and simple, right? But when we think of a sacred slut, a sacred slut is kind of more about what I was talking about before, so more about my definition of the word slut, So it's someone who's embodied, someone who is really grounded and who really prioritizes their sexuality and their sexual health and their sexual expression. So they're not someone who goes around sleeping with random people, spreading STIs, obviously sometimes out of our control, but as in having lots of of unsafe sex, not communicating if they do have an STI, because sometimes you can have safe sex and have an STI. For example, people who live with with herpes, um, you know, they they can have safe sex. There are there are different um, barriers like dental dams, condoms, different things that you can use, right? So we're talking about safe sex. We're talking about safe sluts. There's actually an Instagram account called Safe Sluts. Really great. You should check it out. Um, so yeah, we've got safe slut. So safe slut for me comes under sacred slut. So sacred slut is like the banner. And then underneath that you have, you got your safe slut, you got your sexy horny slut, you got all the different sluts. Do you get what I'm saying? It's kind of like an umbrella term. I don't know if that's the right way to explain it, but that's how I see it. I guess if I was to map it out in my head. So as a safe slut, 
you're you're telling your partners, you know, oh, I've just contracted chlamydia, just to let you know. So we probably can only kiss and, you know, maybe touch each other's genitals with our hands. But even then, that's kind of risky. But do you know what I mean? Like we can't do, we can't have intercourse or oral sex or or really touch each other and then touch ourselves and then touch each other because I might spread this STI to you. And, yeah, so it's being a safe slut. And then it's also having really good communication and really setting good boundaries. For example, if you're someone who is in the BDSM kink community, you practice BDSM and kink in your personal sex life, then you need to have really good communication and really good boundaries. In order to set those boundaries and have good communication, you need to develop an assertive communication style. And that is key to being a sacred slut, is assertive communication. Because there's no way that you can be a grounded spiritual being without having assertive communication. You need to be able to tell your partners what you don't like, tell them what turns you on, tell them what erogenous zones you really like them touching, what type of sex you like, is it kinky, is it sensual, is it, you know, whatever. Um, You know, if you're into like BDSM and play, what kind of like, uh, you know, like for example, if you're getting um, belted or something like that, like how much my words aren't coming out today how much like strength can be behind it like how hard can they belt you is it like softly medium really hard like how do you like it you need to know these things and sometimes we only figure these things out through kind of trial and error so sometimes you know someone might cross a boundary when you are uh, testing out or experiencing something for the first time but then least then you know you don't like that thing. For example, if someone belts you and you're like, all right, let's try it really hard. You've consented to that, right? And they belt you really hard and you're like, ooh, I don't like that really like intense sting. I don't like that. So you add that to your list of shit you don't like. You can type this shit up if you want and give it to your partners. Um, I'll go into this stuff more in like later episodes. But But yeah, you can literally like keep a list and keep track of this stuff and literally email it or like print it off and give it to your new sexual partners or like your new lovers or whatever so that they can see exactly what not to do and exactly what you like. And some people might think that's a bit weird, but eh, I can't say I've done that before, (laughs) but it would definitely be something I will look into doing in the future. I've been going to some kink workshops locally here and we've been learning about um, stuff like that. So I will be um, hopefully getting some guests on and things to chat about that stuff too. Cool. So, so we've covered the whole like being a safe slut and then also BDSM and kink boundaries. Um, maybe you're someone who's quite vanilla. Maybe you're not someone who's into BDSM. You need to tell your partners that. Okay. And I'm not saying that, do you know, I'm not saying that you, it is definitely best to have this conversation when you're about, like, before you actually engage in, in sex with someone. But say if some some asshole, like, chokes you without consent and, like, you haven't had that conversation, that still doesn't make it okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, he can't or they can't just assume 
that you're into choking just because you've mentioned that you're kinky and you like kinky shit. Kinky doesn't equal like being choked or spanked or handcuffed or spat in the mouth. That's not what kinky equals. Kinky equals whatever you say kinky equals to you or kinky means to you. I just want to make that very clear as well. And I will do tons of episodes in the future on consent. And I will probably do workshops locally here in Newcastle, Australia as well because I'm very very compassionate, very passionate about consent. Another thing that sacred sluts are is... They're really embodied. So what I mean by that is that they own their sexuality. They embody their sexuality. They walk around fearlessly wearing what they want, when they want. They don't listen to some fuckwit like telling them what to wear or like how they should dress. You know, they own their sexual expression and I guess also their appearance and how they present themselves. They own that and they don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of it. And I'm not saying that to be a sacred slut, you have to tick all these boxes or that you have to be like super fearless and super confident and like, like self-love is like bubbling over, you know, that's not what I'm saying at all because I... I identify as a sacred slut. I tick all of these boxes, but sometimes I myself love dwindles and I'm like, you know, it's lacking a little bit and my, my, my self-worth is a little bit low or like my self-confidence or I'm feeling a bit self-conscious and I live with mental illness and that's where that stems from for me. Okay, I'm not saying that you have to have mental illness to experience those things, but that's for me personally where that stuff stems from. So I'm constantly going to therapy and working on that shit so that I can fully embody my sexual expression and with confidence, you know, and I will do shitloads of episodes and content on self-love and how to build your worth, your self-worth and all of those things. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, I also delve into self-love practices and, and, and building your self-confidence in your sluttiness and in your sensuality, in your seduction in blood magic my online course so if you're interested in that there will be a link in the show notes uh this is the first time you're hearing about blood magic it's my signature online course it's got four core modules and then a couple of smaller modules and it's fucking lit (laughs) and there's a testimonial on my website um for the module blood slut which is all around this stuff but there's, there's self-love themes and practices all through the course and it's literally like dirt cheap at the moment. It's like on sale for like 500 bucks and it's like something like eight and a half hours worth of content, uh, video content. It's got a fair few hours worth of audio content, like meditations and, and, and inspiration and things for you to listen to. And then I've also got, um, there's five workbooks six workbooks <laughs> as well for you to work through with journal prompts with um, activities engaging activities like it's it's jam-packed and it's really really well and strategically set out so that you can remove shame from your period and, and from your sexuality so if you are keen to learn more about that you can send me an email with any questions 
or you can just head to the link in the show notes and you can have a bit of a read, watch the testimonial video and yeah, go from there. Um, If you are really keen and you are a student, uh, a queer person or you hold a a pension or concession card, I can give give you a 30% discount off the already sale price. I really want this to be accessible, especially for students, disabled folks, folks living with mental illness, um, folks who are, you know, living on government payments or Centrelink that we have here in Australia. I really want it to be accessible. I don't want money to be a barrier. There are also uh, payment plans. uh, So you can literally be paying like, a small amount each month for a few months to pay it off. So yeah, if, if you'd want to know more about any of those payment options or if you're a student, a queer person, a concession or a pension card holder, flick me an email and I can give you a discount code. All right. So back to what a sacred slut is. So a sacred slut is, I guess, an archetype that can be embodied, that can be, uh, that can be, used to express oneself and I guess part of being a sacred slut to me personally is also embodying the seductress archetype so you know the seductress think of like a performer like a stripper a pole dancer you know someone who is like seducing like when you know you're giving a lap dance or someone's giving you a lap dance and yeah think of that kind of energy And I will do some um, pod episodes on lap dances and I might even do some YouTube tutorials and different things on on sensual and like erotic dance. Um, I've got a fair bit of experience doing that stuff as I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I have an OnlyFans um, that I'm just starting to get back into now. And I might pop the link to that also in the show notes. I don't know if that's allowed on podcasts, but I'll give it a crack. Um, If not, my OnlyFans is um, Naughty Esther. So N-A-U-G-H-T-Y and then Esther, E-S-T-E-R. Cool. So, um, yeah, if you want to see my, the sex work, the online sex work stuff that I've done, I've made a fair bit of porn, heaps of stuff on there. It's like, I think, 10 US dollars a month to subscribe And I will be making some pay-for-view content probably um, in the coming sort of months, trying to get back into it. I had a bit of a break this year because I was kind of over it. I needed some space from it and it was taking up a lot of my energy. So, (sighs) so yeah, I guess through my journey with OnlyFans and and also through dancing and, and ecstatic dance and, you know, joining a dance community here locally... I have really been able to embody and express my sacred slut and my seductress. And I guess that that comes through a lot of like self-touch when I'm dancing. Like I'll like touch my breasts or like my my vulva or my pussy, my ass, like run my hands down my legs, like really like running your hands over your body in I guess kind of like a sensual sexual kind of way um is something that can really help get you into that kind of sacred slut energy and I think a sacred slut is also just really connected to themselves like 
they feel comfortable and confident touching their body in that really sensual, intimate way. And I think some of you might find if you haven't really done much erotic dance or much self-touch while you're dancing, it might be a bit confronting to stand in front of a mirror and and do that <laughs> and to actually like look at yourself directly into the eyes as you're like touching your breasts and your pussy. Like it, it might be a bit confronting and it might bring up some some feelings. So I do encourage you to try that and, and just suss it out, see how you feel, um, make it, you know, part of your like daily routine, like your morning routine or your morning practice. And yeah, I think that's a really nice way to start if you're new to embodying the sacred slut archetype and also just if you're, I think if you're like kind of, you really feel it deep in your soul that you want to reclaim the word slut. Another thing I want to say about sluttiness is to not get offended, which is difficult sometimes and it might take some practice, but to not get offended when some fuckwit, douchey, piece of shit guy calls you a slut as an insult. And you might get this online, like, on social media or in person or whatever because of something you're wearing or I don't know a pose you're doing or whatever and you just say thanks you don't get offended by it you don't like react you're just like thanks I am a slut and I think that's really hot to like throw it back at them and be like yeah thanks for noticing my sluttiness like wow it's like turning that around it's like a mindset thing it's like turning around your head and being like yeah fuck yeah I am a slut and not um I guess internalizing that in a negative way and being like oh no like I show too much skin or like um people think I'm like a whore or whatever I think it's really important for us to yeah to turn that back and smack them in the face with that shit if you struggle with that, that's okay because it's not an easy thing to do and it takes practice. I used to get shamed, slut shamed a lot uh, when I was in my last year of high school. So I was in year 12 and I was sleeping around a lot with a lot of guys at work and stuff. Um, and they were all mates and stuff, obviously, and I guess would all talk and stuff. But um, I was just like horny and like I was quite hypersexual. I was like dealing with my trauma that's how I was coping with my trauma and I think a lot of people can relate to that and yeah I got slut shamed a lot and it was shit and it hurt me and it got to a point where some of the the guys that I was hanging around with including my manager at work who was only I think he was only 19 he was quite young they actually so I was having sex with one of them in a dark room and he recorded it on his phone and I was like queefing heaps because we were using a condom and I guess I was like really wet and like you know when the air just gets in there like when you're in doggy and stuff and yeah videoed me and then later that night we're kind of having drinks at this house the same house that we fucked at and they played the recording over the speakers and me and my friend who was also like a girl we looked at each other and we were like what the fuck like the audacity to fucking play a recording like that's so illegal 
and I really wish I went to the police and I really wish I told my dad because my dad was actually friends with the guy's mum. Like, they worked together. And, God, I would have fucking loved to have brought him down. He was a fucking piece of shit. Still probably is. Um, had lots of issues with him, but I just kept going back for more because I was addicted to the sex the um the sex and the way he made me feel in that way and probably the validation as well so I was quite a shy teenager um yeah anyway that was a bit of a story but I think it's relevant and I think a lot of you could probably relate to it um you know and for a long time I think I did internalize that in a bad way and I I felt like I I was less than or that men were just like using me but on the flip side of that, I kind of liked it. And I think I had a, I definitely have a bit of a kink for like being used and objectified. Um, and that probably comes from, came from the slut shaming, which is kind of funny. Um, or maybe I've just always liked it. I don't know. <laughs> I've also had like sexual trauma. So like sexual, uh, experienced sexual abuse. So, uh, sorry, sexual assault. So I feel like I, um, yeah, maybe it stemmed from that. Who knows? But maybe I'm just a kinky bitch. <laughs> but I literally loved, like, I was fucking these guys on college my first year. I was, like, this group of friends. And one night I had a threesome with two of them. So one of them was my fuck buddy. So we would, like, fuck regularly. And they're all, like, really hot. They were such assholes, but they're all really hot. And I just loved the attention. Like, I loved being a slut. Like, I think part of me didn't really care that they were slut-shaming me and, like, that she was spreading around the entire campus that that I was, like, a slut and that I was, like, sleeping around a lot. Like, I think I secretly kind of liked it, but it definitely affected me. But I think I kind of flipped it around in my head and I was like, fuck it, I just don't care. Um, like, I just have always been quite confident and owned my sexuality And I'm sure that slut-shaming did, like, impact me negatively. I honestly can't remember because (laughs) I have so much memory loss and and blackout from that period of my life due to trauma and dissociation and stuff. Um, So couldn't tell you exactly how I felt, but I do remember times of feeling, like, really upset um, when I would hear stuff. But I'll tell you another story in a sec, so I'll finish this one first. (laughs) So had this threesome and we were all drunk. And then one of them had to leave for some reason. So one of them left and then another one of the friends came up and replaced him. So I had like two different threesomes essentially within like an hour and it was really hot. And yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys that because it was like really hot. It's the only time I've had a threesome with two guys. It's like two men. I really want to do that again. Like I have so many like gangbang fantasies of just like getting fucked like yeah like that's all the porn I've been watching lately is literally just getting like fucked by like heaps of guys and like I really want to (sighs) like I really want to try DP like double penetration like it just looks so hot um but due to hemorrhoids my ass has been out of action for like a year so I'm trying to get that back on track (laughs) um but yeah, the other story I was going to tell, which is more of a not so fun one. Um, so those guys that I was sleeping with, like I actually slept with a couple of them separately as well on a couple of different occasions. They, were, I was literally like their little slut of their friendship group. Like I fucked like 
all of them. That's so hot thinking about that. I mean, it's hot from my perspective, but they were obviously like thinking of me in a um, a degraded, like objectifying way, being like, oh, what a stupid bitch. Like, I don't even want to know the shit. Actually, I kind of do. <laughs> um, but like the shit they would say about me, like to their mate, other mates or like behind my back. But I just didn't care. I think I was just in it for me. I was like, yeah, this is hot. Like, because I think I just had this huge like kink of being like kind of used like that in that way um I'm literally just realizing this now that I have a huge kink for that how have I not realized that before interesting anyway (laughs) this is what happens on your podcast you have huge epiphanies um so yeah the other story I was talking to this guy and he's really hot and I really kind of like liked him I guess and I went to his room one night and we were going to have sex because we hadn't had sex yet. We'd only like made out at like when we were drunk and stuff. And I was like, I really want to have sex with him. So I went to his dorm room and so this is when I was still living um, on campus, like on college. And he, so we're in his room and then we're talking and I hear all these like knocks on the door. Like people were trying to like get into the room, but he had the door locked. And I was like, what's going on? And he was like, oh, I don't know. And he looks like really awkward. And then he ended up saying like, oh, it's just like my mates. Because they were yelling at stuff like, oh, how's it going in there, mate? Like, oh, just dumb shit. You know, like dumb shit that the that, that boys say. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, did he tell, like, his entire college that, like, we're having sex in this room right now? Like, that's so shit. And then he um, he ended up telling me that in there... So they had this boys' group chat. This is so misogynistic and foul. They had this all-boys' group chat for the, col- for the college that they lived on. So I didn't actually live on this particular college. I lived on a different one. Um, and apparently they had this group chat and they're all talking about me in there about how slutty I am and how much I sleep around and like he just openly told me all this stuff because he felt I think he felt really bad for because like we were friends and then I was like dude why aren't you like fucking standing up for me like he had the power to like stand up to me as a man in that moment and he didn't do it which is kind of shit and I'm sure he heavily regrets that and then I don't think I really spoke to him after that because I was probably pretty pissed off I was like fuck you dude like supposed to be friends and then you just like toss me to the side um and then we didn't end up having sex I think I didn't want to I was like fuck off um but yeah anyway that's some like pretty prominent stories of mine for uh, regarding like slut shaming and stuff um yeah I'm just like kind of in this hole now thinking about all that stuff <laughs> I need to get out <laughs> So, yeah, I guess back to the the sacred sluttiness. It's like standing up for yourself in those moments. And it's also like unfriending people online and in person um, who, like that guy, like my friend, who didn't stand up for me. Like if you have friends who are men in your life, um, like cis men, and they're not standing up or like anyone at that, but especially cis men who aren't standing up for you in those moments when they have like the power like they're not the oppressed one then like you need to drop them as a friend like they need to be standing up for you like if you're with your guy friend and some asshole like says something like derogatory or 
like offensive to you or like smacks your ass and your guy friend does nothing and he just laughs and is like huh, what a stupid cunt or like doesn't take it seriously like you need to like drop that friend they're not worth your time they're a shit person like men need to step up in these scenarios and they need to like really pull their weight so that is why I have very minimal guy friends I don't think I have any <laughs> crickets I'm trying to think if I have any I have like a couple but I don't really talk to them much anymore but yeah I don't I'm not really friends with many cis men at all wonder why so yeah really like look at your friendship group remove anyone it might have to be a whole friendship group which can be really tough but you might have to like literally just be like like distance yourself or just be like yo like guys I'm really like seeing a lot of slut shaming in this group like you know if you're out drinking with your with even with your girlfriends like with a group of like your friends who are like not men and they're like gossiping about some slut or like just talking shit about a woman because a woman or like a vulva owner who's like or a femme who's like going around sleeping with lots of people if they're talking shit about someone like that you probably want to question whether or not you want to hang out with them I think that's a really big piece to being a sacred slut and to just being a decent human being really and to making sure that you have yeah a really solid like support and friendship group around you it's really hard to find though sometimes especially like there's so much enabling especially I think in spiritual spaces like like I've seen in some of the communities here where it's quite obvious like a man in the in the community is a misogynist um or just like a prick and like fucks over women yet like everyone enables it and everyone loves him and everyone's like oh my god like like worships at his feet and it's so gross and yeah like I had this one guy I'm just gonna talk about this because fuck it this one guy um who I was really good friends with and one time like it was just platonic but we met on a dating app and I like we're obviously really attracted to each other and he was like really hot like he's still hot but like he's fuckwit anyway so we went on a few like hung out a few times and then one time we went back to his house and then he like went we're in his room and I was like being silly and I was like oh, I'm gonna go to the naughty corner and I sat like in the corner of his room on his bed and he just came over pushed me down like on top of me like onto the bed and then just started like kissing me and obviously that is incredibly non-consensual and inappropriate and uh, considering there was no prior discussion that I was even into him or that I wanted to kiss him or anything you can't just like push someone back onto a bed and kiss them like the shit that you see in movies like that is not okay and yeah then you know I called him out on, on it a few months later because initially like I was I really I had feelings for him actually so I just let him get away with it like I just because I, I liked it like I wanted him to kiss me but there was part of me that was like oh that was a bit weird it was kind of this weird nuance of like oh it was really hot but that was really wrong I was kind of like stuck in the middle I guess for a while and then there was a couple of other things, like, so I actually mes- messaged him, yeah, probably actually, like, a year after that happened. And I was like, yo, dude, like, that time that this happened, like, that really wasn't cool. 
um, you shouldn't have done that. And then he just made up some stupid excuse. I think he was like, oh, I'm tired, I'm going to bed or something. And they just, like, completely didn't respond. Like, if there's people like that, like, you need to drop them. Like, can't take their excuses and their bullshit. And then he's still friends with so many people here and it, like, makes me fucking sick, honestly, that, like, people, like, that women still hang out with him and that he's respected in the community because shit like that, like, should not be happening. And, yeah, I hate it. It makes me real sick makes me feel sick so I guess I've chatted a bit about what a sacred slut is I guess it's also someone who like has a really strong masturbation self-pleasure practice but also like doesn't have to be a thing either you can still be a slut and not have like an epic masturbation practice like sometimes we go through periods where we're not feeling sexual our libido's low um we're addicted to porn like I am at the moment again not addicted but like a reliance on porn I guess to masturbate things like that like it's something that we're working towards I guess the sacred slut is always working towards these things is always like trying to grow and like and um better their like their sexual self and their sexual expression so there's no shame there you can still be a slut and like have porn addictions anyway so I guess what I mean by blood slut is really um (sighs) blood slut came to me when I was writing blood magic so it's actually the name of the fourth module of blood magic which is the final module and it kind of became a core I guess thing in like my business um it like one day I was like at an art day with some friends and I just like wrote it in crayons like blood slot on a piece of paper it was when I was in the middle of creating blood magic and I was like oh I should like make the final module all around like self-seduction and like you know getting slutty with your blood and feeling sexy and confident while you're bleeding and it's really shaped actually the the direction of my business and my career I guess in a way um and that's why I called this podcast blood slut because I was like that feels like really good for me and that's like me I'm actually yeah like I, I love it it's so great my best friend actually made me earrings for my birthday this year that say like blood slut um yeah I love it I'll probably get it tattooed on me somewhere as well I'm really excited to to delve into like into that more um, but a blood slut is so everything I've just mentioned about being a sacred slut and just being a slut, right? Um, but bringing your period into that, bringing your menstrual blood into that and feeling like confident wearing your blood on your face, feeling confident touching your blood and connecting with your blood, dancing in the mirror, pouring your blood all over yourself and seeing your blood on your body and, and feeling sexy and, and feeling empowered and that's really what a blood slut is, pretty plain and simple. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to add about being a sacred slut or just being a slut. Yeah, I guess also like choosing partners, like sexual partners, lovers and romantic, you know, life partners and, and things like that who are respectful, kind people and who care for you even if you've just met or... You know, they actually care about you. They care about making the experience good. Obviously, sometimes that's hard to pick up on the first time you've met someone. But for me personally, I don't really, like, sleep with someone 
as soon as I've met them anymore. Potentially in future, if I go to like a sex party or something, I might, but I really have to gauge the energy of the person. And if you're someone who likes having one night stands and likes meeting people out and then fucking them that night, try not to drink too much, try not to be on drugs, try to be, you know, relatively close to sober so that you can make a good decision um, about that person. Because the next day, if they end up being a shit cunt and violating you in some way or, I don't know, like not that you can always predict whether someone will violate you or not, but maybe just like leave you feeling a bit shit. Um, Being a little bit more sober might help you to be a little bit more, um, I guess, conscious about your choice when you're choosing someone to to fuck for a one-night stand. But, yeah, I think it's just really important to, to not like have a whole heap of drunk casual sex because what what happens with that is that there's a lot of non-consensual stuff going on and on from both parties or all parties so I think yeah have as much sober sex as you can um which you know you might not agree with that that's okay um I'm sober myself I don't drink anymore and I haven't drank for a couple of years like hardly I've had a couple of occasions where I've had some drinks um but yeah, I I stopped that for for um health reasons but also for reasons like this so that I can go out and and be more conscious about who I'm talking to and the conversations I'm having and be more aware and and all that stuff. But if you're someone who drinks and does drugs and you enjoy having sex in that way, just make sure it's as safe as possible and I guess a sacred slut is really like yeah, making sure they're sleeping with people who, who see them as a human being and not an object, unless it's a, a kink-related thing. But, you know, there's all these stories. Like, you hear on, um, if some of you listen to It's A Lot by Abby Chatfield, the podcast, um, some of the nightmare fuels that, that they send in with, you know, these guys who are just, like, clearly assholes, And the women who are sending in the, the nightmare fuels are like oh, like, I knew he was a fuckwit, but I still slept with him and then end up having this terrible experience and then, like, laughing about it. It's, like, that's not being, like, respectful towards yourself, like, to see that someone's a fuckwit and they're not, probably not going to treat you well. Completely ignore the red flags and the signs and then still go through with that and and consensually say yes to having sex with them and then complaining after. I find that a little bit like odd (laughs) I'm like why would you sleep with someone who you think is a a fuckwit or or whatever and don't get me wrong I've done that before but I'm trying to like encourage you all to not do that and to like not ignore those signs even if you're really horny even if you want to get your pussy wet like there there will be other people like who are better than that person um to sleep with like you don't want to have a shit experience because you end up storing that trauma and that experience in your body in your pussy in your womb in your pelvic area and it's just not good for you to be in those situations um your pussy needs to be open you need to feel safe you need to feel secure and all of those things so yeah that's that's my advice for all y'all um anyway thanks for listening um if you would like to check out my offerings all the links will be in the show notes and remember that I am a sexologist and I am offering sex coaching one-on-one sex coaching 
So if you are interested in working with me, I also offer Zoom sessions as well as in person if you're local to the Newcastle, Australia area. Then you can do a face-to-face session. Um, If not, we can do Zoom. So yeah, details are in the show notes. Um, Remember to rate, review and subscribe on your favourite podcast listening app as it really helps us reach more sluts. Thanks for watching, YouTubers, and thanks for listening, all my podcasters. And I'm really tired. That was like a big, that was a big one. Hope you enjoyed it. Love you all. Bye.